Greetings, dear listeners. Today, we journey into the rugged terrains and turbulent history of Afghanistan, not as mere spectators, but as explorers keen to understand the intricate dynamics of a nation's pursuit for public goods in the face of overwhelming odds. Imagine, for a moment, the majestic Hindu Kush mountains, standing tall as sentinels, watching over a land that has borne witness to countless narratives of power, conflict, and resilience. Amidst this rich tapestry of history, the recent upheaval in Kabul and the Taliban resurgence have intensified the global gaze onto Afghanistan's socio-political struggles. Today's story unfolds around a central figure, the Afghan army. Once considered, the bastion of hope and security, its recent inability to defend its land has raised eyebrows and critical questions. Picture a protective shield encasing a nation, safeguarding its people from external threats. Such is the role of an army, epitomizing what economists would term a public good, but what truly constitutes a public good. It's akin to a lighthouse. It stands tall, guiding every ship without discrimination, without running out of its guiding light no matter how many vessels sail by. Non-excludable and non-rivalrous, public goods like clean air, public parks, and yes, national defense, serve all without distinction. Yet, the canvas of Afghanistan is unlike any other. Imagine a colossal jigsaw puzzle. Each piece representing diverse factions and interests, with the Afghan army tasked to fit these pieces into a cohesive picture of security. A Herculean task, isn't it? The army's struggle wasn't merely against external forces, but internal demons as, well, corruption corroding its foundations, delayed salaries draining morale, and a pressing inability to foster collective will. Envision a team where mistrust brews, where each player is more focused on individual gain rather than collective victory. The spirit of camaraderie, so essential in battlefields, seemed amiss. Peel back another layer, and we find the concept of self-organization, the innate ability of entities to chart their course without external dictation. Yet, for the Afghan army, this proved an Achilles heel, a design flaw in their structural blueprint. Our exploration today brings forth two potential salves, subsidies that might have acted as elixirs to rejuvenate the army's spirit. First, the Peguvian subsidy, a straightforward approach ensuring soldiers' remuneration. But like an overprotective parent, could this subsidy have inadvertently bred complacency? In contrast, the Output Resource Multiplier Subsidy stands as a beacon, amplifying collective effort, acting not just as a paycheck but as a rallying cry for cohesive action. As we weave through the annals of Afghanistan's recent past, we realize that while public goods are universally sought, the paths to achieving them are intricate mazes shaped by regional peculiarities and historical legacies. Our foray into Afghanistan's challenges dear listeners, is a testament to the complex interplay of economics, sociology, and geopolitics. While today's tale is a blend of somber reflections and potential solutions, it underscores the indomitable spirit of a nation and its people. Thank you for embarking on this enlightening voyage with us, diving deep into the intricacies of public goods in the Afghan context. May our collective quests for understanding always guide us toward empathy and insight. Until next time, fare thee well.